0: gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between.
1: He's your favorite Mexican-American Gemini from South Texas, it's Chibi. And she's
0: the lipstick-loving Salvadorican from Brooklyn, New York, it's Rocky. And this is Words and Shit. The show where you get to know the person behind the poetry.
1: Brought to you by Write Art Out. Whoa! Hi. Hi, how are you doing?
0: Oh, that's a loaded question.
1: (laughs) <laughs> I feel like we're matching. We're kind of matching today. I'm
0: living for this a little bit. We've got this little, you know, vibe going. I could have thrown on a little black something on top. I know. you know. I like, feel
1: like, yeah, I feel like, you know, we should do this often. Be like, oh, we're just going to two different cities, two different houses, but we're going to look so cute and like wear the team color palette. We're a
0: unit. We're an absolute unit. Yes, this was completely unplanned, people. Um, <laughs> but uh, welcome to another episode of Words and Shit. So excited to be here. Um, I'll be honest because you asked like, how are you doing? Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to look cute. Cause this morning I was not feeling cute mm-hmm. because last night the turn up was real. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. a good turn up or like a bad turn up?
0: Oh no, great turn up, great turn up. It was, it was our first time here in San Antonio hosting a live in-person open mic event. Uh, mm-hmm. Right Art Out puts on uh, the Blah Poetry Spot. And so this was our first time coming back in over a year. And it was, um, it was not a light decision. There was a lot that went into, you know, like making the decision to come back live. There was a lot that went into the planning Mm -hmm. to make sure that like people felt comfortable, uh, that we were still being safe and all that fun stuff. Uh, In any case, it was a phenomenal night, uh, but there was a lot that went into like making the decision to be like, okay live let's do it let's go right
1: yeah i know it's um you know i wasn't there because you know i'm in new york but i definitely wish that i was um and so giving like social distance hugs and um really welcoming y'all back i know from my experience has always been such a big, huge community Um, in San Antonio for me and I know other poets or people who enjoy poetry, right? Um, So I know how much like you reopening, even though it was not a light decision, meant so much to so many people. Like I saw the people just so happy to be social, right? Yeah.
0: And like, if we you know, if we're being honest, like every moment in our lives is a decision right uh but definitely some decisions are are carry more weight than others mm-hmm. and affect us in different affect us and the people around us in different ways mm-hmm. um so like i've been ruminating on that just a little bit yeah. if i can ruminate and so like i'm i'm curi- i'm i'm curious um what what has been you know like let's talk about hard decisions that was a prompt recently what was one of the hardest decisions you ever had to make rocky if you know
1: Yeah, of course, I think one of the hardest decisions for me so far uh, in my adult life has the, the, obviously my move to New York, right? Mm -hmm. Leaving my community, leaving my family um, behind. It was a very hard decision, not one that was light at all and has been, you know, had been heavy on my heart for the past couple of years. And I think just recently, I'm starting to really embrace what New York has given me and where I feel. Yeah, because it's, it's hard. Like, I, you know, I, I, for people who know me, um, I've definitely cried and been, you know, thinking about, was this the right decision? You know, mm. I'm so alone. And, you um, mm. And I miss everyone and was a selfish, but people always tell me like the hardest decisions are probably the bravest ones. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, how about you? Mm-hmm. Even
0: though we all know that San Antonio still owns your heart, you it know, <laughs> <laughs> New bit. York is awesome and all. But yeah, uh, for me. OK, so. Hmm, so I, I was laid off from my job. Mm-hmm. a few okay. years ago, uh, which which kind of broke me, let's be real. Cause yeah. like, it had been what I did for so long and it was something that I loved, absolutely loved. So it wasn't like a corporate job that I was like, oh, I'm fucking working this corporate job. Like, sure, it had its w- whatevers, but it was still like something I loved to do. Mm-hmm. And in that moment of like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Mm-hmm. I made the decision to just pivot and just focus solely on performing and poetry as as a way of sustaining me and my husband and our lives and you know trying to make that work as a working artist and yeah like you said like sometimes the hardest decisions are the biggest ones like it was like so much uncertainty that went into it but uh, you know like when you make a, a huge decision like moving to new york for you or like deciding that you're just going to be a full-time poet, uh, you just have to go all in in that direction, right? So I, I planned a tour, I got to see this country, poetry paid for me to go to Hawaii, like so many good things have come from this decision to just like balls to the wall, we're going in this direction, um, which isn't to say that it hasn't been a struggle, but like it's one of those things where I'm, I'm very grateful that I was forced to make that decision. And the decision that I took, right? Because yeah. there's there's so many blessings that have come from it, you know?
1: It really is. And especially those decisions when you're like, you feel like you're, like, they're forced on you. You're like, oh, I don't want to do it. Like, was this, it makes you so nervous. They really are. They really are. And, you know, I, I've seen you really flourish and become oh. a really great poet. Like, you were already an amazing host and poet in general, but I know that you've challenged yourself in these certain you know in certain times and even before the pandemic right traveling and making it happen and i've been very proud of you, friends so i just wanted to let you know
0: oh well thank you well i'm just i'm just a little baby in this game you know (laughs) he 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 just started over here our guest today has been killing it in this game made Mm -hmm. some very tough decisions and like took poetry one like decided like this is it and drove it in that direction. And uh, you know, years later, uh, I dare to say, was probably the best decision that he ever made. So I'm excited to get into this conversation with our guest tonight. Buddy Wakefield is Woo! going to be on tonight. He is an actor, writer, producer, and three-time world champion spoken word artist and has been featured on the BBC, HBO Steph Poetry Jam, ABC Radio National, and has been signed to both Sage Francis's Strange Famous Records as well as Annie DeFranco's Righteous Babe Records. Buddy has been a busker in Amsterdam, a street vendor in Spain, a team leader in Singapore, a re-delivery boy, whatever that means a candy maker a street sweeper a bartender a maid a construction worker a bull rider and notably a, a notably slow triathlete and a facilitator at quantum learning network and is the most toured po- performance poet in history his mm-hmm. short film farmly just won best of texas at the litter literally short film fest and the usa film festival and his latest book a choir of honest killers was released in 2019 with right bloody publishing y'all know what to do with the comments section you all know what to do with the comment section, but please show some love for our guest tonight, the one and only Buddy Wakefield.
2: <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey. How are you?
1: Great. What a bio. What a bio. <laughs> and
2: well, that's so the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> it's a lot of shit talking. Oh,
1: man. But you love... It's- such such a great and interesting life um, but before we go into all about you and this interview you know uh, I like to do ask like the poets how's your heart doing how's your heart doing today this week this year it could be in the future how's your heart doing friend
2: hey can I just tell you no one's ever asked me that before and I actually used to do that for years you're the first person who's ever done it not back, but just done it. And I've never been put in the position to have to answer that before. Before I tell you how my heart's doing, because the, the initial reaction is warm just because of putting some love on Chibi and all that he's been doing in the community, because mm-hmm. um, it's showing up. And I don't think that can just be rolled over. And I'm not just sucking up to the host. I get to see a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff and the Apple Writers <laughs> hosting stuff in Houston and, and the Instagram stuff. and. Jibby's out there. You're doing your thing, dude. And it's working and people are loving it. I,
0: I'm, I'm doing what I can. I'm doing, I'm yeah. just trying to get to your
2: level. <laughs> no, you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to attack.
0: <laughs> I love that.
2: But yeah, um, how is heart, your heart? My heart is, uh, I moved to Porto, Portugal um and and my heart feels like uh i'm living with a a gentleman it's it's a it's a it's such a the city is a gentleman and mm-hmm. i feel like i am um being i think i think i'm in the midst of you know one of the more devastating mm-hmm. periods in my life uh portugal was already in the works it wasn't like i did a geographical relocation just because of some devastating shit. like it was already in the works Um okay. And then I I got here and it's a mixed bag. I'm in love with this with this country. Mm -hmm. And I um and then I'm just shedding all the stuff. Like the first half of my life basically just said, you know, fuck off. It's not working. (laughs) It's not gonna work like this. Stop trying. Just fuck Mm -hmm. off. Just go learn how to rest. Just please read the first book in two years. Just So right now, I think I'm just uh, coming out of a crazy spin. And, you know, is that not a reflection of the collective consciousness anyways? I mean, we're all going through it. We've all got a list of shit going on. I'm certainly not the only one. And uh, I think everybody's just kind of excited to seize this day as it moves into the next chapter or stay in the holding pattern of whatever habits you just picked up over the last year and a half. And I'm ready to mm. see the day into the next chapter. Mm. So I, re- I, re-
0: I really like that because it is, it is a holding pattern that we sometimes self-impose on ourselves, right? That was redundant as fuck. Uh, but yes, we se- self-impose these, these, these patterns on ourselves and we feel like we can't kind of just like break free from that. And I think that, that comes to like kind of what we were talking about at the beginning where it's like you just have to make these hard decisions and just like go, just mm-hmm. fucking go. that
2: direction and bound you know i've also been making you know i heard my whole life about these things called boundaries and i just thought what a great idea (laughs) it turns (laughs) out it turns out even in my 40s i wasn't really setting them very well and so now i've got these sturdy boundaries and uh they work (laughs) And, and, and and they're helping in all this too yeah so um yeah What a revolutionary concept.
1: I know, I know. (laughs) Let you know it's never too late to start boundaries, right? Never.
0: Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we're excited to have you on here. We appreciate you're in Portugal. It's Mm -hmm. like almost two in the morning over there. We appreciate you being with us. Um, Before we dive into the poetry, we like, in case the audience doesn't know you, uh, we like to always start off with a a quick fire, segment that we like to call speed dating. So we're gonna ask you a series of questions. Okay. Feel free to answer them as in-depthly or as concisely as you feel I'm is necessary. So excited.
2: I've never speed dated before and I've always wanted. <laughs> so
0: here oh, we go. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. First question you've lived all over the place. Uh-huh. All right. Where do you consider home? <sighs>
2: porto portugal
1: okay wow okay i was making a joke when you wrote this i'll be like it's gonna be texas we're gonna say it's texas. <laughs> 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 it's okay it's okay you're not to defend it you're like just stick with portugal it's it's okay <laughs> there
2: we go you know if you had yeah. said where are you from of all the places i would have said texas
0: mm. But no, home is no, home no. is where you're
2: at now. I love yeah, it. I all mean, right, get as I can because I'm so excited about all my date questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, okay. So we got our second one. So, what song would describe your life, or what would what song would be your life's theme music?
2: Okay, can I say a couple? Yeah. Okay, listen, if you if we have to go off the top of the dome, this is <laughs> no, just own it. The Highwaymen. The Highwayman by, Highwayman by The Highwayman. <laughs> I, that that, I don't know the song, but the title
0: <laughs> says it all. And I'm like, yeah. yes. Can, I tell, you, can nice. I
2: tell you who's in the band? Yeah, yeah, go. Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, and Chris Christopherson. Oh, That's wow. a lot of that's raked lot. up motherfuckers. And they yeah. used to, they had a song when I was a kid called The Highwayman. And, um, you know, not just for nostalgia, but for it's just a, it's just a, that's it's, it. It's, it's I, very it. appropriate. Yeah. There's so many great songs. I mean, there's a song called Monsters by Band of Horses. There's, uh, there's, uh, the entire album Chocolate and Cheese by Ween. There's, um, Nine Inch Nails Pretty Hate Machine. There's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many soundtracks. There's so many for so many lives. I wrote "Fucking Bulls in the Rodeo" at one point, and now I'm a poet for like. There's just so many lives that have happened along the way. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm just like laughing at Chibi, and I are just like we're just nodding and smiling and like yes, we will look these up. Well, I will. Look I, up. I, I know Ooh. some
2: of them. Okay, I know some. I, know, of them. I have white hair on my face. There's no way you're trusting these answers. <laughs> Look,
0: it's just off the dome. Whatever comes first, right? All right. Yeah. Next question then. What is your favorite food dish? <laughs> is that a real thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's your what's your favorite no, dish? I mean, not, I mean, not like I mean, plate. I mean, not your favorite plate, but your favorite I mean, dish
2: to eat. Right now it's patinga. What is patinga? This, yeah. In Portugal, it's like a bunch of fucking. I don't, I think they're okay, they're they're, they seem to be a bit larger than sardines. And then this is not going to sound good. My song doesn't sound – I'm not getting a date. Hold on. <laughs> Patinga, it's these fr- – it's these battered, lightly battered, fried, sar- fat sardines, basically, mm-hmm. seasoned. And I'm actually salivating. <laughs> <laughs> And I know this doesn't sound good at all, like I because I'm here with you. I know what that I know the words that just came out of my mouth do not sound all that appetizing, but they're delicious here. Look, look, it's it's the same.
0: It's it's the same thing as if like somebody from over here tried to describe crawfish to someone over there. They'd (laughs) be like, "What? They live in mud, and you got to pull out the poop (laughs) shoot? How is that good? It's fucking. You don't have
2: to pull out the poop though."
0: You don't have to, but people mm. still do.
2: Not so I'll trust you.
0: you. <laughs> I'll trust you on that. I will trust you. Patinga on my Patinga, list. Patinga.
1: I wish you hadn't said
2: crawfish. Crawfish broil sounds so good right now. Even at two in the morning, y'all. The, and so, <laughs> they're in season. They're in season. You're not gonna get that here. You know what else yeah. you don't get here? Root beer or ranch with your pizza. Fuck up. <laughs> 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 I said Ruger the first time and it was a, it was like an ordeal. Like there were they were asking people back in the kitchen. I was like, no, no, don't make a don't cross it.
1: <laughs> That is hilarious. So I, I do have some like reservations with ranch on my pizza, but you know what? To eat your own. To eat your yeah. own. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is the last question. Okay. okay. So obviously, you know, we've read your bio, you've lived with such an interesting life. So if you had your own biopic, who would you cast as yourself?
2: Okay. You know who I'm going to kick in the dick is anybody that says John Malkovich. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Is that one of the questions? Um, Who would I cast? I think I would go My biopic. it This doesn't have to be who looks like me, does it? It kind of does.
1: It, it, Do we it have to be common It's it? not it's your. It's you. Yeah. It be like
2: cross between Bruce Willis and Charlie Brown, or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it
2: could definitely be you, like whoever. Okay. Uh, um. I can see. I I take these questions so seriously, and now we're gonna be here for an hour just as I edit thoughts in my head to try and give you the best possible answer. I was diagnosed OCPD. The detail orientation is precise, and I can't just give you an... Do you know how awful I'm already feeling about Patinga and Highwaymen? Like, this is gonna keep me up for No, the is fine. Like, after
1: you described it, I was like, oh, great. I would
2: cast a Basset Hound. I would cast a Basset Hound. <laughs> That's
0: my there are no wrong answers here, okay? You you just won at speed dating. Let's okay. let's put it that way. You won. I'm
2: <laughs> dating now. Yeah. Well...
0: <laughs> it's not going to be Brett uh, who uh, <laughs> said John Malka. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, oh I I I'm not looking at the chat but I just saw the name pop up and uh that's Brett. Yeah, I know Brett J McCabe. He's a comedian in Los Angeles making fun of me right now.
0: <laughs> All of our best friends do, really. All right, well, that was just, just that, <laughs> that was just a quick little, you know, dip in the toes of the conversation that we are so excited to dive into. But at this point, we wanna go ahead and transition to the poetry. Um, before we hand the show over to you, buddy, uh, for everybody that's watching live, we do this show live for a reason. The comment section is so important to us. We want this to be a dialogue between the three of us and all of y'all watching. So use the comment section, show some love, ask your questions. We, yeah. may just, we, we, we may relay them over to Buddy. He <gasps> may choose to answer them or may set boundaries and say, fuck <laughs> off with your question. <laughs> so it's totally fine. But put it in the comment section, people. All right? Um, that being said, let us bounce the fuck out. And Buddy, please. Wow, this is happening. Poetry.
2: Okay. Hey, can I ask you guys, are there are they going to be commenting while I read? How does this? No, I'm going to go with the flow. I'm not going to be reading any comments while I'm reading, though, because... Yes. It don't do off, it. it turn, I haven't, you know, 2019 or 2020, everything got canceled. Mm-hmm. And I haven't actually been on tour or read much. And um, I realized tonight how long it's been. So I'm reading everything off the screen, including a brand new piece that I'll start with. From You want to get out of here, don't you? Okay. Sorry. No, that's
0: good. That's good. All right. So we will... Here, we will we will not post any of the comments said during your set on screen so they do, do not distract you. Uh, then we'll just like flood them afterwards. And uh, Ebony Stewart already submitted a great question that I have no idea what she means by it. So. Abs, let's, let's <laughs> Ebony. You, I mean, take that up with Sip. Okay, take that up with, hey, with Ebony's don't, partner. <laughs> hey, Ev, don't answer that. <laughs> don't
2: answer that, dude.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Let, let us get out of here. You do some poetry.
2: We'll okay. be back. We're just gonna do two, y'all. We're just gonna start off with two. Granted, it's a couple long ass pieces. No, no, there's one that's, it doesn't matter. You're here for the ride. I'm only gonna do two. Uh, this one hasn't ever been read live. To, and I think two people have heard it. It's. Uh, it was just commissioned for the five year anniversary of the Pulse shooting in Orlando. Um, uh, yeah, so this is... <coughs> that it's <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> it's almost two in the morning here in portugal and i uh before i jumped on here for an exciting interview and reading i uh, had a couple hours to kill so i've just been in the middle of watching let the right one in which is a swedish movie um it's 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 it's, it's, it's um about uh, a young vampire it's really good and dark and um it's uh the weirdest mood to enter all in all this with um so this is that's where i'm coming from and here's where we're going is this new piece uh uh, called a regal gate about the orlando shooting or my response to the orlando shooting all right enough chit chat hold on let me get this this molecule of Spittle out of my throat. That's some fucking old man shit. Hold on. <punch> <coughs> Sorry, I should have just said COVID it would have sounded better. Jesus, <laughs> when God doesn't like you, you're fucked. When you find out you are God and he still doesn't like you, Shit starts to get twisted. People say awful things about God. You walk like a girl, act like a fag, or go into hell. Wait, what? Do you know who I am? I wrote a book about love more than once, and I managed to crank each one out on the words devils are made from. How do you think the killer got in here? You can't see light unless something stops it. I don't know who got in whose way, but I'm not convinced peace doesn't feel dangerous first, doesn't walk in and massacre the shame it came from just to know itself. This has always been happening, long before my father made fun of me, a testament to old people saying awful things about the words we write to read between their contradictions. All I did was speak a language I could understand from a body I couldn't. First, I learned the words that don't hurt, because they command the ones that do. Seeing clearly is cloudy business. I know it's been hard for the gunmen to read me. Shoot, I get tired of explaining myself, but I don't mind spelling it out for the people who made me famous. I'll speak slower. Did you know that there's a stretch of highway called the loneliest road in America? Highway 50, halfway between the north and the south. State of Nevada, the gambler. Now, that has nothing to do with God having his pulse on the thumb of Orlando, having his thumb on the pulse of Orlando, until it does, until we connect the dots, the twisted days you drove us here, the wind tunnels. I haven't told you an untrue story yet, even if you think I'm a joke. I thought jokes were supposed to be funny, fella. It felt awful the way you said it, like I'm a despicable thing, a disgrace. It was true. I walked like a girl. I acted like a fag. I lived in hell. It killed me long before you bled me out, before you forced my hand, my pen, made me answer. I did. I wrote it, wrote your story down with an racer wrote it like a fucking monster truck made out of books for old people for people who still give a shit fractured my wrist wrote it like a fucking monster truck made out of books for people who still give a shit fractured my wrist the line breaks the high wire calligraphy a plank. I walked it into the ocean's appetite, rode it like a knife in a kite fight in a zeitgeist. God got punched in the blood, spit out the glitter and stood back up, rode it out of this body into the desert, the loneliest road in America, drugged myself around, drugged myself around by the feet, by these funny walking faggots. You weren't the first to break my stride, to load my pipe, pied sniper. When you offer crystals to a community of men who only want the world to shine and it made and it magically makes our walk go away makes God like us makes it okay to be a masochist strong enough to want your bullet to make love from the words devils are made of and then you fit euphoria into it. God damn it's a good word drugs. Just about covers everything. Drugs. I'm fucking all in. I'll kill myself with that shit. You won't need your insults. You don't need your gun. Not in the rapture. Not when we break the sky. It was an accident the way I walk. The language it takes to survive it. Language that isn't scared to shit itself in public or edit itself in the rain to clean up nice. Did you know? There is a language that puts egos on the endangered list. It teleports history to the day it retained what it kept forgetting. It isn't scared to go off the high dive or a balcony. Do you think you can kill me with death? Sharpshooter, gunslinger, Old Testament. I've been asking for death for Christmas since 1984. I've gotten up off the ground more times than Easter. Death's had an open invite since the day I started treating myself like a man I couldn't have. I've been waiting for the reaper by the bike racks in tears, never wanted to hurt someone so hard. Somebody had to find me here, so I did. Took a deep breath, pulled myself up by the way karma works, like a chameleon, dressed up in your jokes and wrote a song about it. In it, I asked one of the people closest to my father, Would he have liked me? Honestly, would my father have liked me? And they said, yes. Everything except for the part about you being gay. (laughs) Y'all better thank peace. It isn't dangerous anymore. That there's nothing a fag can accuse you of for which we haven't already been guilty. Shoot, we liked everything except for that part too. When every single person we have ever known at some point unwittingly reminds us that who we are is embarrassing. Well, it must be true. I believed you because I love you. The things you said about God, the things you said about God drove me far enough out to find all the right words in the unlikeliest places. Y'all, I got a speeding ticket on the loneliest road in America. Irony always has a joke to tell. It's not funny if you have to explain it, so I'll speak slowly. I made friends with the man who policed me. I asked him to breakfast. He asked me, my boy, has anyone ever told you you look just like resurrection? Dead ringer, everybody hears the savior. A complex of simple imposters just that's the vacuum between Orlando and Nevada death is like winning a rifle the only reason some of us are still here is because suicide isn't an option not when you're trying to get God to like you we were told we'd be cheating if we didn't stick around to get made fun of by our fathers no one no one impulse cheated we were on the dance floor at closing time and the part of us that begets the hate that begat you walked in like a fight with flight furious and out of ink thought God was blocking the light he was a scared bunch the gunman a long and lonely road reaper reaper the bite cracks late couldn't see me until i passed the torch the torch song trilogy wrote myself toward him took his breath away a regal gait, the way a king walks like a queen or a rising sun enough bread to feed a country's invisible spaces do you really think you could kill us raining down bullets and men my boy you haven't met the survivors yet all right just gonna do one more and then we're gonna come back and um, talk about Hey, Chibi, can you just come in and tell me one thing? When I have the words up on the screen, can they see them or is it just my face? Is is it my face or is it just words? They can see you. They can totally see you. They Keep couldn't going. see the words? No. No. Just don't you. So.
1: yeah.
2: There's blessings and curses to all of that. Could you please get off of my stage now? <laughs> Thank you.
1: Bye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> OK, let me pull up. Oh, you know what? Now I can't. I have to do it this way. Here we go. Um, what's going to happen is the other book. I didn't bring any of my books to Portugal. So sick. Of poetry. Um, it's true. I'm sorry. I'm going to po- put I shouldn't. This is like the time I got hired at the Shakespeare Festival and suggested they put Shakespeare on moratorium and stop teaching that motherfucker. Um, OK, let's go to. Uh, here it is. I had to find it online because I didn't bring any of my books with me. I'm disjointed as today. Here we are. Um, This is, uh, doesn't matter. It'll speak for itself. Hopefully, otherwise, didn't do my job right. Everybody's got a story that comes from an awful story that lives inside of a story that's dead. Stop telling it, perfect probably isn't what you think it is. What are we even aiming at when we use that word? Y'all, there will be a lot of shooting. Most of it won't be straight. Don't worry. You don't have to be good at everything. There are so many people here. If you really want to do something flawless, stay present. Your fate is just another word for now just another name for transmute density meditation is critical and mercy have mercy these bodies are a sticky hologram being human does not require any further context your expectations of me are not my responsibility those are yours Everyone gets the same amount of time to live their lives. I want to be a reliable narrator for a living, so I'll just tell you the worst of it first and be done with it. Realizing the transparency of my neediness was dignity well spent. Forgiveness is a matter of advocating for dignity when my body when my body came home from the shame experiment the first thing I saw was its resolve. If you still aren't willing to cut every loss, You are not yet prepared to qualify. Cut the loss, the story of it. I stopped being nostalgic when I started keeping up. Seeing a man run as fast as he can still gives me goosebumps. I'm not scared to die. I just don't want it to hurt. I bet the biggest misconception about death is that we won't care anymore. I will never not love you. Hiding the absence of your love is a mathematical impossibility. You were the year I wished my life on other people. Magnets are incapable of lying. Perfect was incapable of telling the truth. Darkness is redundant. I wanted this to be the truth. I'm meant to do it correctly. In loving gain of our memory and mercy, have mercy. Do not flake on the blessing. Y'all, there is every such thing. We were every such thing, but I may have been grossly underprepared to receive love. Was it even in this lifetime that we knew each other? Tonight, I painted my apartment and remembered every life I've ever lived, including the one where you read this. Was I really too sensitive? Or were you just too unconscious? And if you weren't just too unconscious, then were you just being cruel? Maybe we work our way to the middle. Maybe we work our way into what we are. Why don't you want to know what we are? I'll cut your costume loose. I'll cut you right out of it. When something is absent, it is absolutely not in your way. Get in my way. Come remind me what we are together. Do it soon. Soon we will have to say what we have to say to each other's faces. Mine is I love you. Mine is have mercy. I just wanted to throw something as hard as I could. I wasn't paying attention to what it would do when it landed. Wow. You hear my fans? Wow. Listen to all my fans. The roaring applause. Guys, give that wow. great sound bite.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: wow. You know, we're all making it work in this virtual space, aren't we? <laughs> hey,
1: yeah.
0: Oh. Okay.
2: I'm just breathing. a little I'm light breathing. reading at two in the morning over here. Yes. And y'all, light. Can I tell you the kids bit. in Porto? Can I tell you a couple stories? Should I just I'm gonna I'm gonna take can we go for a 30-second walk, please? Yeah, surprise. Okay. No. If no. it listen, I don't want you to panic. If it if it if it robots up or gets crispy, I'll come right back to the space. It'll kick back in, we'll be all good. So don't panic, but First, I'm going to take you on a walk and show you what happened to my life for $750 a month. And then then we'll talk about what these beautiful people do. Hold on. I'm just going to show you this side of my balcony. Wow.
1: It's
2: it's not even, it's just people. People just walk and shop up and down here all day. And there's little little street artists that play there. Um, Every day there's like six interchangeable ones, including a White guy with dreadlocks who sings Bob Marley too much, and and then look, wait, I'm not done yet. Hold on, we can walk this. Oh, oh I'm just gonna flex my Spanish tiles. Hold on, boom, son. <laughs> 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 and then it just keeps going. Y'all. Look at this. Can you? I wish it was daytime.
1: Oh wow, it's, That's it's so beautiful, beautiful
2: though. Okay. Thank you for seeing all that with me. But um, <laughs> I just wanted you to have an idea of the street outside here because um, it's it's 2.08 now, so they're largely settled <laughs> down. But they usually, they I mean, it's Thursday, too. They usually keep it bumping. Um, and the other night, they walked by. They sing a lot when they're drunk, and they don't mind doing it very loudly. And the other night, it's usually songs I can't understand. Uh, because I've only been taking Portuguese for three weeks. (laughs) The other night they came by and they were singing Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd at the top of their lungs. And they were singing (laughs) well. And there was probably like seven or eight of them. And it was beautiful. It was just a stunning moment. And something, something... I don't want to say like that, but in the vein of that, happens almost every night. Some sort of magical, little, lovely moment here, and you know, I'm still in the honeymoon. I'm romanticizing everything here, but but it's not too far off. The pace here, the people here, the the city, the view, all of it. It's just such a great place to be. Um, how did I get here? We 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 were talking about poems, and all of a sudden, I dove into. Deal, In oh, into I'm...
0: Portugal. Well, let's just dive into that because we have our own question. But let's dive into yeah. that. Like, what took you to Portugal?
2: Mm, good question. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we all want to know. We all know you went there, but it's like, been a why. Here's the
2: deal. Here's the deal. So bullet points. we can talk about how most of my life i um because I didn't have the right information. I largely bailed on investments too soon. That's just like a figurative and literal statement, both re- with relationships and financial situations. I've tended to bail on investments too soon. Mm. And um, and I'm not getting any prettier. I'm 46, my skin's starting to do weird shit. Um, my fucking neck jiggles quite a bit now. Uh, the lighting in here is good, thank God. But um. <laughs> anyways my point is I'm not getting any younger I wanted to make some smart moves for myself that considered my future and so my best friend and his family who's also my producer and his family moved out here um everything they said about it was right up my alley and uh I've been all over the world but somehow I've not made it to Portugal and they'd always wanted to and so I just said well I'll just go to live then and uh so I I don't even know what happened. All this I just I just kept saying yes to the paperwork. I just kept mm-hmm. saying yes to all the requirements, and and in doing them as they came in. And somehow I'm here, and now I'm actually not leaving. I'm subletting my place <laughs> in LA, and um and eventually I'll just be here. I'm looking at buying a home this week, actually. Oh, um,
1: wow. So wow. what brought me
2: here was just a. Uh, uh, t- you know, I, I'm blessed with the most beautiful friends in the world. I really, I know we all have... Uh, uh, can I keep just rambling? Yes. This is it your, your show. show. Go <laughs> yeah. that, That's right, bitches. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, uh, I'm... There's, I have this thing about... Here's... Hundred percent, hundred percent, right? It doesn't get any more than hundred percent. This is something I'm big on, and so when I'm asked to pick a favorite or uh, a best friend, I'm lucky enough to be able to have to count my one hundred percent friends. I need two hands for that. There's there's about eight of them, and um, and it's 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 magic. I'm basically part of the Avengers, is what I'm trying to tell you. Thank you, uh, John. <laughs> John and his family came out here and I knew that I would my heart and my life and my myself and would be safe and in good hands and have family here. And um and we we have family night every Saturday. Turns out I'm really good at Nintendo games. I didn't know this about myself. And um, <laughs> although I've been called a button masher, which I don't believe is a true thing. Um, So, anyways, uh, what I wanted to say was that I ended up here because that's how much I trust and love my people. Um, I knew that there was love waiting here for me. I knew that I needed to make a move outside of L.A. I have a very small, though lovely view and and great life. I have a small place in L.A. I don't want to be fifty, turning 50 in it. I, I was mm. in the apartment two years too long, and so these are all the catalysts of why I moved. And then serendipity—it would be—I would be remiss if I failed to just sh- take the uh, opportunity. If I didn't shout out to serendipity, it's just led me to everything good in my life. Mm. Mm. That was that. a bit disjointed, but I feel um, like I, I made
0: we t- got
1: it all. I got you, buddy. I'm following you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And was like, I want to come back to a little tangent and be like, okay, so you and your best friends are the Avengers. So, who are you? <laughs> what Avenger are you?
2: Okay, well here's the deal about that. <laughs> if I'm picking, if, are we picking superheroes now? Like, which superhero would be?
1: <laughs> yeah, in the Avengers. Because yeah.
2: I have an answer for this. Yes. Okay. Yes. No, I'm gonna say Aquaman, and you can laugh, and you can just okay. like be reaffirmed in the fact that I'm gay. But here's why Aquaman is because global warming is real, y'all. And it doesn't matter if you're Superman, you're going to want to fucking fly around for the rest of your life. And you're Superman, so it's going to be a long life and you're just going to be flying. But me, I'm going to be chilling because it's global warming. I'm the king of this. I can breathe under there. No <laughs> Americans are coming for me. Like, it's, wow. it's Look, my I'm- world. I'm going to let you have your
0: answer, but I'm also going to let you know that Aquaman is from the DC
2: universe, yes. and the
0: Avengers are from the Marvel universe.
2: That's what I'm saying. That's why I had to clarify. <laughs> That's I what know. you know. Yeah. It's Justice League. Don't tell me, Chibi. I had all that. <laughs> I was going like, okay, to like, It is Buddy's show, right? That is
1: Buddy's <laughs> show. I,
0: and like I said, I'm gonna let you have it. I just know there are people out there that are gonna fight you for it. You okay. know. So I feel that.
2: I feel they need me to know that it's Justice League.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let let's let's before we dive into yeah, so, so, so much. So much. Let's talk about poetry real quick. Let's talk okay. about poetry real quick. Um one Thank you for the world premiere of that poem. We got some new shit on this show. Uh, um, Usually I'm talking about how like Raquel is like reacting in so many ways as she's backstage listening to the poem. But I was having all the feels too. I was like, if Raquel could see me, she would know. Um, So that's one. Two, the second poem you did, Harmony Enemy, is is the second poem in your book. And I say this because I want to talk about your book. Um, and when, when I got to it, it was only a second poem in the book. When I got to it, I had to walk away. I like threw the book and was like this month. And then I had to come back and then go find it, pick it back up and like, keep going, you know? Um, so uh, on the subject of your book, it, it's the first book you put out in, in, uh, I think it was like eight years, something like that. What, what was the, process of putting it together and like when did you realize you're putting you're writing a book and not just a bunch of
2: poems oh my god it was eight years and i okay it's truth time um but i want you to restate the question one more time so i don't stray too far from the point which i'm really good at
0: (laughs) it's just um, what was the process of putting together the book? And when did you realize you were writing a book and not just a bunch of
2: poems? Okay. What was the process of putting together the book? It would be, it would be um, not a true thing. If I tried to spell out like a legit process, like there was no mathematical, um, there was no calculated strategic thing. It was just eight years of once I have enough stuff or it's time to release a book or, you know, it was just like a, okay, let's, Let's let's take all that you've done in this time and, and see what happens. And luckily, as serendipity would have it, everything started falling into place that would lend to the book. I I I keep something called the. So that's that's that is an overview. And then once it was t- once it was time to make sure it was a book. Um, all i ever have to draw off of is right now like if we're gonna get metaphysical which we are you know now is all that ever was or will be that's uh that's a fun thing to say but it's also the actual truth Mm -hmm. and so within that now within this now and presence um i started at the time was drawing drawing off of the story that i was living and folded that in because inevitably i knew it would work with with the poetry that Mm. led up to it because none of it's there's a point of connection in everything and it's not disjointed and um and so it and then is so that's that and then regarding any part of the process i keep something on my on my uh desktop called the big idealist basically and it's that it's every one of the barroom napkins it's every one of the notes that i've taken it's it's every text i've ever sent my it's just lists and lists of of badass lines that that, uh, resonate with me and that never found a home and so once i get you know a hundred of those i take a hundred resonant lines and i work with them for an editing process that actually scares me away from writing sometimes until i have something like harmony enemy which is exactly that process that I used to get Harmony Enemy, and it was all, uh, all that energy was directed toward uh, uh, who I thought was the love of my life, a really good, a really great gentleman who, we did not play to each other's strengths and it didn't work out ultimately. Um, And uh, yeah, that piece, that piece tackles the complication of it without Mm -hmm. having to spell itself out. (laughs)
1: I mean, thank you. I think I
2: did it I think I did it. I think I went off into the woods. Did I go now? No, no.
0: no. We're just digesting over here.
2: I tried to leave breadcrumbs for myself to get back to the original question, and then I just smelled the bread, and I kept going into the woods.
1: (laughs) No, it was great. You know, you're you're giving insights to your life, and I'm just like, thank you for sharing. Um, I'm also digesting that, like, Chibi is just I just love that Chibi is just like reacting to you and just like <laughs> glowing. <laughs>
2: Oh good.
0: You make it seem like I'm some stoic robotic thing on the regular. I'm I realize I'm ISTJ. Okay. I don't do the feels. You're the Pisces I here. Am. Okay. I'm I, the Gemini. Like
1: I'll do I would be like while you were reading, buddy, I was just like, Oh my god, yes, yes, yes. So I really did wish that I could see Chippy. But I could definitely tell he was he's telling the truth because his little app like his little cheeks were so prominent and I just loved it. So I don't know. <laughs> I just like
2: uh-huh. <laughs> uh,
0: my cheeks is, have gained 15 pounds in the past year. It's fine. It's fine, <laughs>
2: uh-huh. and more. Hey, Chibi, are you? Uh, I don't. Uh, are you a Gemini? I am. Yes. June what? 12th. i I'm the fourth. And do you know that Anish Mojgani is the 14th? Um. And my father is the seventh. And my stepbrother is the third. <laughs>
0: I don't
1: know where this is going,
2: but I'm leaving. for it. But wait, know. now I want to tell you something really cool about like, I don't know much about astrology at all. <laughs> um, relatively nothing. But uh, there's something called free will astrology. Do you know about this? No. Rob Bresny. No. no. Uh, oh, it would have been so cool if you guys had been, if you had both gone, yeah, I know Rob. <laughs> this would be so much cooler. But last week, he actually, I've been reading his um. Uh, a horoscope for i don't know 20 some oh since 95 actually oh, wow. um i don't know if you guys were born yet but since 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 95 and um uh uh for a very special reason which also includes the people who live here in portugal anyways um so when i see him i always get excited he quoted me last week um oh. said fellow gemini Fellow Gemini poet Buddy Wakefield said, and I was like, Get the fuck out. <laughs> of here. Wow. Yeah, it was on the Google Alerts thing that Rob Bresney used me in a in a national horoscope and I was so I was, She out there. She out there.
0: I <laughs> Buddy just doing all the things. <laughs> I arrived
1: no you are out- So so it's funny because i was talking to chibi you know while we were creating our questions Is it's like buddy has like a really legit wikipedia page like it is full-blown multiple like it's a whole <laughs> page like with different sections and i was like wow
2: you all know something kristen o'keefe i believe is the person who started that page and Kristen O'Keefe-Aptowicz is is one of the unsung unsung heroes of Poetry Slam, especially like currently, as things evolve and voices spread, and um, I'm so glad I didn't say voices carry, but um, so Kristen did so much for the slam community, including just little things like that, like building people's Wikipedia page, letting us all know when there were grants available, like I just want to put that out there she's in austin now i don't know i don't know i don't i suspect she's not too involved with the community anymore she's gotten she became a new york times best sell, best-selling author her uh-huh. husband actually wrote ready player one and they've been busy with like spielberg and shit like that yeah uh, yeah oh, you know but, <laughs> but i think you get what you give and I, they deserve everything that they've got kristen gave us everything she had when she was in the community. She really looked mm-hmm. out for us. And and there was a lot of selfless work in it. That was that I don't actually even know um, um, as a recovering narcissist, how to entirely relate to, me. I mean, she spent yeah. a lot of time on us on her own volition. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about the community a little bit, uh, because, <laughs> you know, you, Can we you,
2: put community in quotes,
0: <laughs> community in quotes, right? Uh, you, you joined the slam spoken world, spoken word world, you know, at the beginning of the new millennium ish, you know, uh, transitioning between the 90s slam to the early two thousands. And like, it's unarguably said that you, you and your work has inspired the next generation of poets very much. So, so like, how, how has the evolution of slam and spoken word been for you? Like how, what, what is that to you for you?
2: How's the evolution how do I receive the evolution of Slam as it it, as it's been to how it is now?
0: What what is your perception on yes?
2: My perception is that I don't think it's as experimental anymore, but I think it lives up to its name more now. Mm. Um I uh I think we weeded out. I think the slam community weeded out. So for actors, they have acting and people tried to bring some acting into uh, poetry slam and it didn't yes. work because there's acting for that. And what we, uh, what the unwritten rule, um, not yet, yeah, it just wasn't being well received if it wasn't honest. If it wasn't, if, if it, you weren't writing a, if you weren't writing from a place that you actually lived and knew about, and using the platform to ultimately to um, leave clear write, clear writing on the wall for uh, the, the the people, you know, to, for, within and without yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it became a very uh, cathartic community that needed a safe space and a voice and we supported each other and got stronger and stronger. And I think in in terms of like the collective conscious, I think we were one of, I think we are an acute source of like the whale sonar that put out into the universe. Um, All of the awareness is there now from Black Lives Matter to trans voices, to everything that's happening right now, I believe Mm -hmm. originated with voice, with spoken word um, Mm -hmm. from this community. And I think it bounced out. And 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 has uh, and continues to reverberate, um, but in the beginning, uh, and so everything's a very serious matter now, and it feels very serious. In the beginning, um, there was definitely—I mean, none of no—we're all poets. Nobody came to this community because you know we had. Um, because we were accepted. <laughs> cool. Okay. You know, we're just going to fucking get to it. You know, like we all came to this community basically because we had some shit to work out and that's what artists for to witness each other. I mean, witnessing is fundamental to the infrastructure of healing. So we were all just witnessing each other and um and but we were doing it in there were more angles. It felt like there were more angles. There was mm-hmm. uh, and and it felt like there was more like legit poetry involved and not just fucking slam, like telling somebody off. Mm. Or uh, it, it, it didn't feel like that was the whole of it. It felt like an awesome angle of it. There were so many awesome angles, but right now it's a very important time in history, obviously with the uprising of so many oppressed voices that the focus is all there. And I think for people who are experimenting with either funny or stuff or if it's not geared toward the progression of you know the psychological evolution of an e- of a um equal footing then i don't think anybody has time for it right now mm. and i f- i feel that it's that pe- the that, that the community is m- missing out on some of that um now because and this is the last thing i'll say before we move on uh you know i think there's a we have a ripple effect and if i'm constantly trying to reach the outer ring of my ripple effect you know where my outrage lives like in syria or in palestine or what you know brazil i i can't i'm not gonna have a a positive ripple effect from my core, like I have to sit with the inner ring of my ripple effect and be in, be with my core and literally ripple out from the people around me and, mm-hmm. and, and cause joy in the people mm-hmm. around me so that that continues to move forward. That's a reality. That's not like a, a hippie thing I'm making up. Like we have yeah. to positively lovingly affect the people next to and around us for it to reach all the way out there. And if everybody's uh, living toward that high ideal which is totally uh, accomplishable, um, achievable. Uh, and then it happens, and I think there's so much outrage right now. People are out there with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it bruises my heart up a little bit to see it because mm-hmm. there's. It's okay to be fun and funny and poetic and mm-hmm. all those things and. Yeah, I, God, we could talk about this for hours. I think- You, you have
0: there. you have so eloquently said what I think I've been feeling for a while. So like, yes, yes.
2: Well, thank yes. you for calling it eloquent. It really
1: <laughs> was, it really, really was. Um, and I definitely, I'm really sitting with the, what you just said about the ripple effect, right? Where you're just sitting in the center, the center ring. Um, you know, I kind of want to still kind of stay on- you know your work and how it's really affected from like from the early 2000s to these now and new next generations of poets right um and talking to us about your work oh you're good you're good
2: <laughs> sorry
1: you're good you're good um uh, you know just a little segue to write bloody publishing right you were one of the first poets to be published by Derek brown's like publishing company um i just want to know what the story is behind that like did you and Derek kind of just sat down he's like yes I want you to be published and also then you know (laughs) (laughs) like how did that come out you know and other than yourself who (laughs) else were you excited to see be um see published by Ruddy right bloody
2: this is an interesting question right now (laughs) in this period of time um Derek and I Derek and I toured together for years, uh, and then he uh, wanted to uh, put out a book. And he realized that he could just—he he realized how to get the ISBN number and distribution, and all, all that, without having to pay a bunch of money for something else. He'll have—he would have to tell you the story, but um, he just realized he would be better doing. Did you see that? Like I had hair to push back. Um, <laughs> he would have to tell you how it all went down himself. I just know that um, when. When he figured out how to do it, I think I was kind of—I think I was, you know, like—I don't know if it was guinea—if you want to call it guinea pig—but I, I just happened to be touring with him, and it was my friend. I'm no longer—I'm no longer, as of this year, I am the sole owner of all my work. That was something I really wanted, so I'm no longer with Right Bloody. But, um, but yeah, that's—that's uh, that's all it was. It was just a matter of um, us touring together for years, and him wanting to put out more people's books um and start a business and so he did and and uh i think anise wasn't far after me and Mm -hmm. he just kept going and um we were having so much fun on the road and there were so many good people a part of it that it just picked up like Mm -hmm. people i don't even know people remember that it was sonia renee taylor anise mojgani andrea gibson Derek brown robbie q telfer mike mcgee Timmy Straw, we we all lived in a van together. We were just going like, and I mean, there were people rotating through there, but we were doing it, and it was fun. And I think people wanted to be a part of it, and with good reason. And that's it's not it's no arrogant statement. It's just more it's just more um, proud fact that we we were just having such a good time out there, and and we were doing it in a way that was meaningful and passing, you know, um, talking talking about the issues. witnessing people and getting in and it was lovely it was it was a it was life-giving it was life giving and yeah
0: well you've uh answered our question about touring because we were going to dive into that i also do want to acknowledge the question that andrea had about how to spell Chris o'keefe's name uh thank you oh. brett for answering that and ebony for confirming mm-hmm. just letting y'all know we are watching we're, we're watching we're getting there um you're, 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 it's not your job to watch it. <laughs> it's our job to watch okay. it. Um, but on the subject of touring, I'm, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this one because we're on it. Um, according to your Wikipedia page... I'm already exhausted. Go on. You have performed in every state except North Dakota. It's true. What's up with
1: North Dakota? Yeah.
2: It's a, it's a romantic... It's just why am I getting emotional? Holy cow. That was a surprise. It's just, um, it's just a, (laughs) it's just a piece of poetry for myself. I think if you, uh, or to listen to convenience stores, you might get an idea of why I did not done North Dakota. And it's as simple as that. There's just been, I've driven the United States probably 12 times by myself on top of the other tours. And so I have spent a large part of 20 years uh, alone in the car watching the United States. and. Um, Driving. <laughs> and there was a particular moment in time when um, my car had been broken into and the stereo was stolen. And I had to drive, through. the window was gone and the stereo was stolen. And I had to drive uh, from Minneapolis to Seattle and I had to drive through North Dakota, and there are little moments in history that, um, and, and I'm from the tour, and North Dakota is one of them. The Loneliest Road in America that I talked about earlier, some really um, interesting things happened there, including actually getting a speeding ticket on the Loneliest Road in America. And um, that just has a special place in my heart, North yeah. Dakota. And it's when I wrote convenience stores was on that drive with no stereo. Mm.
0: My uh my my husband's uh, dad is a truck driver and convenience store hits hits very home for
2: him. Yeah. So yeah, I I'm yeah, glad to hear I, that. There there were three in the family. There were three truck drivers in my family. I mm-hmm. I uh it's also maybe why the highwayman was selected. You know, hey. that song that you're definitely going to listen to later. <laughs>
1: 100 I definitely will <laughs> oh man that was beautiful oh, thank you <laughs> thank you for sharing that you know I know you're just like oh you're exhausted about touring but we you know if, if you don't mind sharing um for those who didn't know we were having conversation about you know places you've been and where you perform and San Antonio has um uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going <still> there <laughs>
2: Let's talk about all my public shamings while we're here, because I, I just so happened last week to have made a list of my crimes in this community in 20 years, and I'm a fucking sweetheart. Let's talk about it. I would just like to say, I would just like to say, in listing my crimes, this is a side note. This has nothing to do with what we're about to dive into with fucking San Antonio, but. Um, but I've ne- I realized I have never slept with or dated a single person in the poetry community. <laughs> well,
0: <that's great. laughs> You're probably one of the smarter people out there for it. Yes.
2: <laughs> um uh <laughs> San Antonio. Okay, I'm just should I just dive in and tell the story because yes. just go. I'm gonna sink. How far <laughs> apart are we? Y'all, y'all, y'all came in at like 2010. Uh, 2016
1: for me
0: for okay. her for me it was closer to like 2005-6 i i'm i'm i was part of the Burger joint days okay
2: i've only oh, heard wow. rumors okay. so here's the <laughs> thing evidently san antonio had a group of hecklers and they were known and, and and they would fuck with everybody who came there and yes. i guess I won't name names because it would just be rude, but one of the poets, there was a well-known poet who cried. There was uh, another well-known poet who walked off stage and and then I was on tour and I came, but no one had ever warned me about san antonio that the hosts didn't even tell me like listen just so you know i know you're about to fucking make yourself as vulnerable as it possibly gets we have a table full of hecklers if you want to prepare something you know nothing <laughs> and and they just let these people go at go at folks okay don't, can i just clarify I just can,
0: I, can i can i just clarify when, Whatever when... you need to do When Buddy says San Antonio has a group of hecklers, the audience—that's what Buddy's talking about. It's the whole audience. It's the whole fucking audience.
2: Okay, but this particular table—it was just this one particular table that, (laughs) (laughs) and and um, I didn't know it. I'm because I'm just, Uh. and I was so excited about life. I'm fucking living in my car for two years, dedicated to poetry. My shit. My like. My purpose is marching like I know what I'm about and doing my fun th- my fundamentals are legit and I don't think I'm just getting up there to, to you know like I want to go somewhere with this like I have a writing partner who was like we don't have to write something transcendent every time and I was like yes we do and so <laughs> that's how I that's how I get when I'm on stage like, let's fucking do this and so I get there and I think the vibe was when, when by the time I caught on um, the vibe was like um, oh, he doesn't know. Like he doesn't <laughs> know that, that that we're not going to accept him. Like that it's a pre that it's a predestined failure, and so once I caught on, I had a poem called "I Got Gone," and I just did it like this to that table, like they were dead center, and I was so pissed at the organizers for not even warning. Like they're they're having it's like inviting someone over to your house and it's like throwing shit on them and being like oh sorry I forgot to tell you we're gonna make you smell like shit and and so I just couldn't get down with it and uh, Mm -hmm. and so I took that with me and now and I was in Austin the next night and I told Mike Henry that fucking place sucks (laughs) and of course and of course Mike told uh, Shaggy and Phil and then and then I had I was on I was living on tour and so I would send out these mailers and I didn't take uh, Phil off of it and. And then it was, um, you know, you shouldn't talk shit on people and then ask us, you know, for gigs. But I, I was like, okay. And, um, and so it didn't work out. Phil and I are fine now. Um, but <laughs> but what happened, this is where it got shitty. It involves um, a really faggoty dude. <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was one kid who just had it for me. And with good reason, here's what happened. George McKibbins and I... We're in an elevator. Um, this was uh, this is when George met. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, George McKibben's of Rachel McKibben's fame. Yeah. George and I were in the elevator, and uh, we were it was at nationals, so it's required. We were really drunk. By the way, I haven't had a drink in six hundred and forty days today, but we were
0: fucking yeah. toasty, <laughs>
2: like. I don't have a filter when I'm sober, and then then when you add drinks to it, it gets worse what happens in there, but it's still a lovely human being, like I'm not trying, I don't want any trouble, but we were in an elevator, and evidently, San Antonio was in the elevator, like three of them, It, it was packed, and somebody just coincidentally asked me something about tour, and I said... How great it was, except for San Antonio. Don't <laughs> fucking go to those motherfuckers' place. <laughs> and I just started talking shit, and there was a woman who actually got mad at me because she had introduced herself something like five or six times, and she was disgusted because I still didn't remember her name. Would you believe I still don't remember her name? But she was so mad at me, and then there was a there was a gay kid, and he was just, <laughs> yeah, hell <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and he was ready to let me have it constantly. And so San Antonio invited me back. This is way too drawn out to be reliving this long, but it's not even that great. But San Antonio did invite me back to like a a peace march, you know, of I don't know. And so I came and that kid, nobody was there because San Antonio was in the playoffs. And, And that kid came like a group of friends purposely sat in the back corner and talked and kept his back to me. And I mean, we're in the poetry world. So some things like that just have to be expected, but there's just never been a good, like I've never been like, gotta go back to San Antonio. And, (laughs) but listen, in the elevator that night I caused, I was not a gentleman. Mm.
1: Well. It, I feel like there it,
2: should be a, there's there, there there should definitely be some sort of firework ending, but it just sort of fizzled <laughs> out into nobody fucking cares. Uh-huh.
1: I feel that's very brutal, but at the same time, um, I feel like if you were ever to come back to San Antonio Chibi would definitely be. <laughs> and San Antonio will be definitely a gentleman like you would describe Portugal and host you really well.
2: <laughs> Tivy, I'm so I interested mean, in your take from 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 uh, San Antonio.
0: Look, you, you are not wrong. Uh the the Heckledome was n- named the Heckledome heckle for a reason. Um, I think earlier in the night, we had uh, Darrell Pittman, the Green Lantern, on. And he said, if if Portugal is the gentleman, then San Antonio is the crazy ant." Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. th- that being said, y'all, San Antonio does have a beautiful literary scene with <laughs> multiple places that showcase poetry and spoken word. Budo slam will always be punk rock. Budo slam, you know, like you you're you're walking into it is it has historically been in a bar where people don't necessarily care about poetry. You know, like you're wa- you're you're walking in with the odds stacked against you. So you have that's to work what I extra. About
2: getting, that's what I loved about having some success with poetry, because I got to develop a writer where no one could put me in that situation.
0: Do it. There you go. Oh. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, so yeah, (laughs) Corey says you want open arms and free hipster coffee, go to Austin. This is true, this Ah! is true. Uh, but San Antonio, San Antonio's got a little bit of everything for everyone. Uh, Puro will always be Puro for the people that have gone through it, but it is a um, yeah, it's not, it's.
1: It's not. I you feel know, like it's definitely like around Fight Club. You know, Shaggy <laughs> definitely um, loves that movie. A lot of our like little <laughs> um, rounds are based off of Fight Club. You know, <laughs> um, so many Fight Club references. Um, so-, so yes.
0: So let me ask you, because we've talked now a lot about your your touring, uh, you you know, like you'd like sold everything and just went on the road for years. Uh, You've been all over the country, all over the world, really. How have you adapted to performing in the age of covid in this virtual space or have you have you? That's
2: so I was in the middle of the world tour. I was uh, for the new book, *The Choir of Honest Killers*, which is no—I mean, it was released in 2019. I did the U.S. leg of the tour, everything except for the East, like Northeast, and uh, and then I was headed over to Europe, Africa, Australia, and COVID kicked in. So when COVID kicked in, excuse me, <clears> that Bill Mount Mountain Coke right here okay. getting to me. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so right before I left, I was to leave for, for the next leg of tour. Um I just I I knew, I mean, it's been 20 years and I I can't I'm so exhausted and I need stability and routine. And I'm just it, it, the grass is always greener and tour is no longer where the green grass is for me. And um uh so I I I wanted to do online workshops. I wanted to see how it would go. And um and it I for I didn't I never realized that if I just stayed in one place and the my fans came to me, that could be a really big show. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was really successful and in, in one month. And so then COVID kicked in and I was already set up, like totally serendipitously. I was already set up, ready to go. And COVID kicked in and I did a workshop. Um and then I did uh Uh, Five concerts from my from my place like um, uh, Buddy back in the closet gay poems by buddy Um, uh, Buddy up with buddy in the loft or something like the love poems and then there was like buddy in the bathroom this shit gets crazy Um, Just some random shit and So I did five concerts in one workshop and ended up making more money in one month than I had ever made in a month in my entire career And um, I was like, holy shit and then I was immediately like, Andrew, you gotta check this out. And Derek, you gotta check this out. And, and and then I realized like I can just fucking get everybody in here and start. We can all be making money. And then I did heavy hitters and um some of my calculations were off. I paid <laughs> I haven't made any <laughs> money. I haven't made any money in over a year. Um I made zero dollars off of awful good writers. In fact, I might owe a little. Um but we paid the shit out of. Oh, I I got paid for the class I taught. But we paid artists anywhere from five hundred to five thousand dollars to do a ninety-minute show on um, on heavy hitters. And I was just so fucking stoked to have found a way to get us all paid. And uh, um, and that turned into awful good writers uh, when we started doing workshops, which you've done, Chibi. And uh, and then you know I. After a year of, I mean, I'm glad everybody's made money and stuff, but I was so exhausted and mentally worn out and dealing with the needs of 40 divas at a time, and uh, somehow still keeping my cool and patience. And <laughs> um, I just transferred ownership of Awful Good Writers over to to say Reed, who is an angel, and and I also had to has also had to um, repair any damage I've done with <laughs> my decisions. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I hope people continue to support them because it's no longer like it's it's such a great company and we did such good things. And we're doing they were doing now. They're doing such good things for artists. And uh, I think at the end there, there was a public shaming. It's all on me. And I hope that people still can. I have nothing to do with the company anymore. I created it, but it's all them now. They have uh, they're much more diplomatic than I am. Whereas I feel like um, often. uh, uh, There's a stark lack of truth and diplomacy and it can go fuck itself um so they're way more professional and i'm and they're doing great things and i am just in portugal now i'm gonna do my own thing (laughs) i don't that that quote unquote community situation is too much it's too much i sort of sidetracked into my own personal feelings right now because they're still thick but we can unpack That's as much of that as you want to, if you need to, but otherwise. <laughs>
0: That's valid. Like we said, it's your show. It's your show. <laughs> it is.
1: All right, Jimmy, just before, you know, are we? do we have one uh, time for one more question before Buddy goes into the, the his
0: post? We, t- we, we got time for whatever we got time for. Okay. You know, we, this is our second to last show. You know, the audience is vibing with us. I think we're vibing. Let's, you know, I'm good. <laughs>
1: Okay. Okay. Wow. Buddy, I've been having a great time. I love your smile. I love your energy. It's been really, really fantastic to talk to you. Um, you know, I always, so I love this idea of like manifestation and being magic. And then I know that my last question, at least for you is, you know, you were talking about how you didn't want to be in LA, um, when you turn 50 or you enter your fifties and that's why you're in Portugal. So I kind of want to know, like, what are, you, what are you
2: manifesting
1: yourself for the end of your 40s and entering into your 50s? Like, what are you manifesting for
2: yourself? That's a lovely question. I think being enough right now is enough. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my God, that opened up a gate. You know, the door's wide open for me in L.A. I, I, it's not even a matter of having a foot in the door. The door's wide open. If I write something, if I want to do something, I can go. And I think the truth is I just didn't want it bad enough. I've hustled for I did everything I wanted to do with poetry I've hustled my ass off I've worked my buns off um, and I don't think I have I just don't want to go at that pace anymore and I feel like I've always gone big I've always been all or nothing I, it's always been touch and go from childhood through to now I, I've never been necessarily I've never been stable and rested and for, and I as far as manifesting. So I want to bookmark the the rest. And as far as manifesting goes, um, I think when we worry, we literally attract what we don't want. And Mm -hmm. I'm good at that. Um, And so I think it's, for me, it's a matter of turning off the worry and not trying to control what I'm going to manifest, but actually l- surrender and let the universe now give me what it wants to give me and stop trying to manipulate it. So hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, uh, that's been, that's been tough for me. Cause you know, like I'll be like, Oh yeah, let's surrender to the universe. And then I'll be like, but, but I'm not okay. Let me get loaded and in <laughs> the perfect partner. And then we'll revisit this idea of surrender. And when I, Because sometimes I don't, but I know in my heart, if I, when I surrender, the goods happen. I think there's an element way in the background that says, so I'm supposed to surrender to a universe who, uh, you know, I'll just speak as a gay kid growing up in Texas, wanting to kill himself, and you know being fun of, and all the other things that come along with life. Besides that, that are so hard. It was a. It, it was. It wasn't easy. We've all got a story. It wasn't easy, and um, um, and the abuse, and like, why would I want to surrender mm-hmm. to whatever led me to whatever brought me into that? Um, and so as I, obviously as as we grow older, uh and understand neurologically and more metaphysically um, for ourselves about having to try and word it, what's happening within and without us, that trust becomes easier. And so I'm more interested in man and and just, I don't have a particular thing I wanna manifest. Of course, I would love a great partner and money and all that stuff. But right now, what I truly want is to trust my surrender, is to get what's coming to me and to receive it and and to rest, to read a book, to let it come, to just let it come, to just let it, Mm -hmm. to trust the process, let it happen and be enough, not need to go big, not need to win a world championship, not need to do anything, not need to run a company, nothing, just to make enough. I would like to make enough to live comfortably here and rest. I really want to just rest. It's been Mm -hmm. a long life. That
1: really Um,
2: touched me. I can't really The Pisces over there.
1: I I,
0: yeah, I I I had some other questions, other things that you know I wanted to dive into, but I think that's a really beautiful place to just kind of end it. I do have one final question, which was the first question that was posed in the audience, just because I'm curious because I have no idea what they're talking about. Wait,
2: were there audience questions all along? uh, there were
0: a couple. There were a a, a small smattering.
2: I, I will I'll keep it short if you want to get them their answers.
0: Well, I just I I wanna ask this because I don't know what it's about, but Ebony asks, has anyone asked Buddy about his legs yet?
2: <laughs> That's so fucked up, Ed. That's so <laughs> Is she still here? Is she still here?
0: I, I I don't know. Maybe she's commented a couple of times, so she might still be here. I don't I'm just that question makes no sense to me, and I want to know what's happening. I'll tell you. Oh, Ebony's still here. She just commented.
2: Are you still? Okay.
0: <laughs> She's still here. <laughs>
2: he was calling her. He's calling her. So, and this is so fucked up. Here's the deal. My whole. <laughs> I don't. Here, you know what's more important than the answer to this question is to <laughs> unpack why Ebony Stewart's a bully. <laughs> she's a bully, guys, and um, she she has been body shaming my hairless legs <laughs> for quite some time. She, my whole life, people ask me if I shave my legs, and so so here's the deal you know how like when you get your esteem knocked down you find ways to build it back up there's a little tuft of hair on my knees just a tiny little it's barely visible but it took me 46 years to grow and sometimes i get excited now like oh my god i have a little (laughs) hair on my knees and right i was i was like in that point in my life where i'd built myself back up to like he-man level hair on my knees and and that was when Eb said hey do you shave your legs And so I let her know, no, I don't shave my legs. But here's the thing that people don't understand. Or that I could be lying about. But my calves are so big. This is true. My calves are so big. I think my whole life, pants would never allow hair. And just my body got used to it. It was just like, fuck it. We're not going to grow any hair in his legs. That's my theory. Either that or God hates me, which is my theory for a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, hey, I have to tell you something that's real. I have to pee so bad. I drink about a <laughs> gallon and a half of water a day, and before I even try and go into this last poem, because I know y'all are going to ask me to do one, um, yeah. unless you're not, and that's fine. You Just know, talk to them about... Talk to, answer a question of, uh, that was for me on my back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. I but I have God. to leave myself, Chibi, because... The, our, the <laughs> way of the land, you'll hear it. There's no door in the bathroom here.
0: Go, go, oh, okay. go. go. No, go. I'm, okay. You're muted. You're muted. You're muted. This is, <laughs> that's absolutely fair because I was totally like, okay, as soon as we go into his last poem, I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Oh, Look, man. Andrea says that Andrea's been holding it in too. I see that. <laughs> oh. Um. I don't, you know what people, you you know, this has never happened before, which is fine. I'm trying to go through because there were some questions. I love the comments that have been coming through.
1: Me too. I love it. I love it. I love it. They've been quoting. They've been like in their fields with me. I get it. I feel like some of y'all are on these Pisces levels with me. Thank you. Um (laughs)
0: You know, and and you said it right, too. Like, I, I don't get very emotional about stuff. But sometimes, like, when, when I read Buddy's work or when, when I hear Buddy perform, I just I, – I do. It touches me. And I'm like, I want to take the book, and I want to just throw it across the room because I'm just – I want to throw
2: a shoe at Buddy. Yeah, I wanted to do that when I read Brendan Constantine's Birthday Girl with Possum. Mm. Once I discovered – I've been friends with Brendan for years, but once I really sat down and read his work, I – just wanted to throw my computer in front of a Mack truck and pack it in.
0: And I, I know you can talk about Brendan Constantine for hours. I wanted to dive into Eckhart Tolle and 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 meditation. You did a whole TED talk on meditate. Who does a twenty minute TED talk on meditate? Who's allowed to do a twenty minute TED talk? First of all, Who talks you. I You. <laughs> he did. You. So, said,
1: this is my stage. I will
0: do uh, whatever I want. So, we don't, um, we absolutely don't have to dive into that because it's already out there, people. Go Google it, motherfuckers. Um,
2: you know what? We so can if you guys, if you guys want to skip the last poem and just, it's three. Okay. I know that I'm not getting away with that. It's 3 a.m. here. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm get,
0: please close this out with a poem. Give us, give us a poem. Okay. What we're living for. All
2: right. I'm just doing. All right. I need to get into state. Oh, you've left. <laughs> Everyone, gather around. Um, the. I wanted to do something tonight that I don't. I just didn't want to go back in and do what I was doing on tour, and I wanted to make it fresh and new for me also. So. This is something I've only read out a couple of times. It's in the book, A Choir of Honest Killers. <clears throat> and I wanna say something about it. It's, it's not easy to hear, and it's a lot. And you gotta get present with it because there are 11 points of math in it. I'm really proud of this poem uh, because of what's intentional in it. And the math is really intentional. Um. All right. My first memory is of the first time I saw the sky. Epic reckonings are often benign, so don't worry. I'm just a letter in an envelope as far as the ocean above us is concerned. What led to the second thing I remember about this life was being terrified out of my sky story and into the events that follow until I woke up in an octopus this is a true story a brief history of my best guess at what my body has been calling sex my second memory was at a stoplight I was three mom assures me that we were not at a stoplight that we were in motion driving on the 610 loop and i was actually eight it is no small wonder how i managed to confuse a stoplight with a loop that literally encircles the entire city of houston or that there's a five-year differential between my actual second memory and what i believe to be my second memory I'm not light reading y'all. There is no pause button. Absorb what you can, add it up later. This is not the time for pretending we can't hear Chechnya raping that woman in the first Mad Max movie, terrorizing a mother and her baby, killing them. I hope Mel Gibson's heart has learned to risk more softness. I hope his attackers have too. If you really want to understand what I've come here to say, then you have to remember there's a point of connection in everything. My nickname for God is the math. The math is a word problem. In 1982, a red pickup truck pulled up next to my mother on the 610 loop. In the bed of it was an upright strapped in motorcycle with a strawberry blonde bearded drunk riding high and unbathed in the seat. Only a woman could have given a man like that his strawberry color. Only women have the guts to give birth to men. There are a lot of people in this world already aware of what I am just now finding out there are no stoplights on the 610 loop mom says there was no such thing as a man sitting on a bike in the bed of that truck said there was a truck with a motorcycle in it yes but there wasn't no strawberry she did say though that four men on motorcycles were riding right behind it i don't remember that i don't remember how many tentacles it had but i do remember what i dreamed after seeing Mad Max how the acolytes yanked my mother through the car window, bashed her up to blood in the dust and laughed about it. Me in the back seat shrunk to the size of a tadpole in the sunken-eyed section of a nightmare, knowing that giving myself to violent men would be the only protection a three-year-old could offer, to give them what they wanted, something soft. Don't talk to me about what it means to petrify until you've lived at a stoplight, unless you've dreamed your worst death and believed it was about to happen. I remember strawberry leaning on down to look at mom a sloppy laughing inquiry into her lap her driver's seat a slug is the closest known land relative to the octopus octopodes communicate neurologically felt to me like strawberry wanted to party felt like his fun grizzly buddies in the cab did too smiling the way us smiling the way a follower smiles the way drunk soldiers smile the way men with no math smile wanted to throw things around a little. Wanted to slap a knee about it or an ass. Grab some titties. Grab the softness off. Eat a gazelle. Chase it down first. They laughed and they laughed. Hyenas. They could take what they want if they wanted. Y'all, there are too many moral people, noble people whom I admire who might come to see me as disgusting if they find out my behavior, how my body copes with sex, how strong humiliation makes me. Three-year-olds don't get credit for learning survival like this. You've probably already forgotten that when an eight-year-old boy feels too much pressure to be a man, he will remember his body as three just to dismantle the shame of himself. Even when he's 44, I don't know how to stalk things. If that's what being a man is, I never was one. I was working to figure the difference between safety and being alone. Was trying to outrun my faggot before it could make me any saw. Softer, was bearing the weight of watching my heroes believe I would burn forever and loving them anyway. This is what I know about being a man. Straight people need a gun for power like this. Y'all look like Russia hiding behind his dumb Chechen son. My mom, my mom played her best southern bell for those bikers played her kindness, played it well, knew that fear only speeds up chaos. So she just smiled and pointed to her three-year-old son in the passenger seat, having his second memory. I was at a stoplight. They were all in motion on the 610 loop. When we finally pulled away, I was eight, sobbing and incompetent. The only way an eight-year-old can protect his mother from a blur of men is to give them what they want. Nature, my nurture. Nurture, fuck, my nature. Stop trying to figure it out. I done told you, boy. I'm a woman from the bottom of a food chain living in the body of a man at the top, a letter in an envelope. The first time I saw the sky put here to stop giving birth to the apocalypse. I still don't know why. When presented with the opportunity to invent an alternative reality, some writers go to such great lengths to make us worse than we already are. In 1979, Mad Max was released. A gang of bikers tormenting strangers it didn't even have to exist Chechnya doesn't even have to exist they are certain I don't if men stop cultivating a fear of death does the apocalypse lose its charm does everybody soften up please use your words or go back underwater. I know you're petrified about feeling useless about what to do with your power if it's not in a war wars that are already over what exactly are you fighting is it a word problem do you need a tutor has anyone checked your work does the power you feel from impact from punching penetration a pistols kick jet propulsion does it know who gave it birth does it know it was feminine in the end it will come down to the math to word problems we are still uncomfortable with like intimacy like courage softness and actual courage are you beating your people because you don't know how to fix your dirt bike when i finally tried to re-remember as far back as i could I arrived at a stuffed animal, a gigantic green octopus. Mom said, no, it was a frog, not an octopus. Said it was so big I would fall asleep on it or wrap myself up in it, but I don't remember that. The only thing I remember being wrapped up in was an airplane. I sealed myself into it, left for a tour jet propulsion a letter in an envelope
1: Bucky, y'all,
0: yeah. <laughs> y'all let me let, let me let me just say this uh while buddy Gadders himself uh, tonight buddy gave us two out of the first three poems in his book if that's not enough reason for you to go fucking get this book go fucking get this book you will not regret in fact you'll regret not
2: getting it if you don't fucking get it so um hey Chip, can i say something about that yeah go you're so sweet, and I know you're concerned every time I start that way. <laughs> um,
0: no, again, it's your show. It's your yeah. show.
2: It's, it's funny yours. Enough. It's yours, and y'all I- are doing a great job. Um, so I, I do. I am now the sole owner of all my work. I am. Uh, it's. I've not taken the time to put it all up on Amazon. There may be some stuff up there. Check that first. Um, just if you order from my site, which I think may be the only place to get my books at, it, right now. Um, is, uh, yeah, if you do, don't order it if you're in a hurry because the person subletting my place, I I promised them that I would only send them the orders every two or three weeks. So uh, it could be a month before you get it by the time he gets (laughs) to the post office with it. So it'll happen. You don't have to worry about whether or not you'll get it or not. It will definitely happen. I'm very organized, but it could be a while. So you might want to grab it somewhere else if it's available.
0: I know we have it on screen Uh, for anybody that's listening to the podcast afterwards. Can you just um, say where people can go to find more about uh, if they want your merch, or I know you've got workshops and stuff coming up soon. If they want more information on things that can be happening, like where can people find you? Tell us a little bit about that.
2: So everything online is just at buddy wakefield. Um, I have a new workshop that starts May 30th. It's on Sundays. It's called now the future swung. And, uh, every uh, everybody uh every week is it going to be a different discourse so you could pay just 150 bucks to come to the whole workshop for all four weeks for the whole month or if you just want to come to one of them it's 50 bucks so that's that i'm really excited it's the first time i'm laying it out this way and i get to give basically it says an hour and a half but i usually spend two to three hours there making (laughs) sure
0: I was gonna say I've taken a Buddy Wakefield workshop. It's it's at least a three-hour event.
2: <laughs> but you don't have to stay for three hours. I just like to ensure everybody's <laughs> questions get answered. If y'all are paying that much good money to come, I want to make sure you get what you know from me. So yeah, that's on you can find that on the work with buddy drop-down menu on um buddywakefield.com. All of it's at Buddy Wakefield or BuddyWakefield.com. Perfect.
1: Thank you. Well, I just want to say thank, thank you guys. again, buddy. This was this is great. Um, thank you for sharing your words and your stories um and even the laughs too um i know i'm not in san antonio but i, I believe san antonio is my heart and i will mm. say that san antonio does um, appreciate you <laughs> and yeah this was phenomenal and, and so healed. thank
2: you and- for that thank you for that and know that shaggy is the one who invited me back for that for that second go around out of in good <laughs> in good faith and good spirits and it was it was from it was from a kind place
0: Sh- Shaggy's the kindest he we'll is. just say that <laughs> yeah thank you for being with us buddy this has been a phenomenal conversation Absolutely. Thank God. Thank thanks you, for thank having
2: you, me all doing great thanks oh Raquel <laughs> okay
1: yeah. I know, you know
0: we. yeah we normally take a moment to just kind of like reflect on everything and it just like all that happens every time it happens that I read Buddy's work or i am in conversation with Buddy is this moment where I realize that I, and I'm sure he would also say he and all of us have a lot of work to do. Yeah. We have a lot of work to do. And and to just appreciate the process. Right. I don't
1: know. I was like <laughs> I'm done by me. <laughs> wow yeah
0: yeah, yeah. I, that I, I yes that all of that appreciate the process because we are all in a process this may be the aa in me talking that is like you know it's progress not perfection mm-hmm. uh but it is it is about the process that we go through in this experiment we call life yes. right um and I'm just constantly reminded of that. Anytime I'm in conversation with Buddy or anytime I read Buddy's work, that it's just like, it's it's all just a process. It, there is, there's a final destination. It's called death, right? Um, but like the, the process, the journey is what makes it all worth it to where when you get to the destination, it's like, all right, all yeah. right. <laughs>
1: It's been very inspirational to talk to him, um, and just his stories, and yeah, just the work and the process, it is important. Um, I'm like so happy, you know, that he's getting the rest, right? And it's also <sighs> a reminder to get that rest and to be enough, even if the process was brutal. Um, yeah, and if it wasn't perfect, we still uh-huh. did deserve to be enough
0: bitch i know you on the east coast it's like 10 o'clock over there like i I had a long night last night you know it's three o'clock where buddy's at let's all get some rest let's thank some people and get the fuck out of here because this is our second to last show y'all oh my god
1: (laughs) are almost there.
0: All um, right, let's thank some people and get out of here.
1: Yes, I want to say thank you to the audience. Y'all have been so great. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for staying with us for almost uh, an hour and 15 minutes. This has been, y'all are, we can't do this without you, really. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being here. and Thank you for our production crew. Um, Dom Dominique, who is over here in the background, switching up the scenes. Please, please, please. Uh, she keeps it down. And then Chris Condé, uh, who does like our, our original music at the very beginning. Thank you so much.
0: Mm -hmm. And whether this is your first time or your umpteenth time joining us, please make sure that you do uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You know, we're trying to get the word out there. We're trying to, like, bring poets to the people so you can follow us on AdWords and shh. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and uh, that's just how you can find out about what's going on now. But of course, if this is your first time, you want to find out about all the episodes that happened before you joined us.
1: Then you can definitely watch past episodes on our YouTube page, or you can find us on any of your podcasts where you can find any podcasts. Um, you can watch, or watch and listen to previous episodes of uh, even season one and as we're concluding season two definitely check those out we had amazing poets lord so
0: lord amazing poets and as we're talking about concluding season two next week is going to be our last week i don't know about you but i think i'm going to put on a suit okay i'm going to feel fancy maybe a little <laughs> makeup I, I mean i i always have a little makeup but maybe a little more i don't know i don't know what's going to happen next week but it's our last episode for the season then we're going to take a break before we come back uh and i'm so excited that we're going to have one of the most amazing up-and-coming emerging artists in the poetry and spoken word scene mechamorphosis is yeah. going to be joining us next week um so super excited for that i hope you all join us live next thursday 7:30 central standard time even if you can't join us live catch it afterwards on our YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Um,
1: Until then. Until then. No, I was going to say and then maybe for our last episode, bring a bottle of champagne because we're going to be popping.
0: Whoa! Uh. Don't tempt me with a good time. Okay, where's that bottle? I I
1: know I'm at it
0: somewhere. Okay. (laughs) Until next week, y'all. Stay safe out there, please.
1: Thank you, y'all. Bye.